Hello and welcome to this, our all-in service from Christchurch, Selly Park. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Rachel and I am the Children's, Families and Youth Missioner. Our all-in service is our regular intergenerational service where we worship God together, learn from his word and then give you time and space to respond to what you've heard through a series of zones. This morning, the All In team will continue to work through the series that we started a couple of weeks ago on the character of Christ. And this morning, we are focusing on Jesus's prayer life. We'll be thinking about when, why, how and where Jesus prayed. We'll be offering you some ideas that will hopefully help you to pray and connect with God. And our prayer for all of you is that you will, as we move through the service, you will meet with God and learn more about connecting with him through prayer. Heavenly Father, we welcome you here with us as we gather. We want to give you the time you deserve and our whole heart to you in worship. Lord, we are sorry for the times this week when our lives have not reflected you in the way they should. Please forgive us. Thank you that through your death and resurrection, we are free from the things we have done wrong and we can meet with you again with clean hearts. Amen. So here is Anne with our reading. In our reading today, we find Jesus in the midst of ministering to the sick and needy but still having time to draw aside to spend time with his father. Our reading comes from Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demonised. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went out off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In her welcome, Rachel encouraged us to pause and re-centre our scattered senses on God. What does it mean to pause and why should we do so? Let's begin by looking at what Jesus did. Today's reading is sandwiched between sections which my version of the Bible heads as Jesus feeds 5,000 and Jesus heals all who touch him. Both of these are times of ministry for Jesus, 
So what does he do in between these times of ministry? Our reading starts with Jesus sending the disciples on ahead of him and dismissing the crowd so that he could have the space to be alone and pray. Even though Jesus was God, in his humanity, he still needed to make time to pause from his ministry, connect with his heavenly father and be empowered by the Holy Spirit before going out again to continue in the work his father had called him to do. We are told of other times when Jesus withdrew to pray. Luke 5 verse 16 tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And in Matthew 26 verse 36, having taken his disciples to Gethsemane, Jesus says to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Jesus recognised the importance of pausing to pray. How can we do the same? Firstly, we should be aware that it isn't something that'll just happen. We need to be intentional about it, as Jesus was when he sent away the crowds and the disciples. Attending church on a Sunday, or tuning into a service on TV, the radio, or even YouTube is a good habit to be in, as is setting aside time during the week. Maybe at a set time each day, such as first thing in the morning, or maybe looking for imaginative ways to create a small space in our busy lives. Some of you will have previously heard the example that apparently Susanna Wesley, mother of John, Charles and 17 others, used to put her apron over her head to signal that she was in prayer and must not be disturbed. I'm not suggesting we do that, but it does remind us to think creatively. We must remember that we're all different, with different pressures and commitments. Personally, I know I prevaricate and can find any number of things to do rather than just pausing. I know I need to be disciplined and, in the words of an advertising slogan taken out of context, just do it. Janet has introduced to us the idea that what Jesus was doing was all part of a cycle and got us to think about how we need to pause. In this part of the service, we're going to be thinking about connecting. How did Jesus connect with his heavenly father and how can we do the same? Finding a way to connect with God for some can be a challenge. It's not like we can pick up the phone, dial heaven and wait for God to pick up at the other end. But connecting with God is possible if we spend some time trying out different ways of praying and deciding which one works best for us. As Janet also mentioned, one of the key things that we need to take away from what Jesus did is that he withdrew to a solitary place to pray. It's very clear that Jesus knew in order to connect fully with God, he needed to find space to be on his own. Jesus also makes the point very strongly in Matthew 6 when he teaches the disciples how to pray. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. But when you pray, go into your room, 
close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. So my question to you is, where is your solitary space? Where can you go where you are on your own to be able to close the door and make space for God? So once we've found our space and we've closed the door, how do we then connect? Well, it's a bit like saying how long's a piece of string because there are so many different ways in which you can connect with God. And again, it's about finding out which way works for you. It might be that you need some visuals to help you, maybe a picture or, or, a, or a painting or a certain view. Some people like to hold things while they pray and you can get things like prayer beads and holding crosses. And if you're inside, you might like to light a candle as a focus while you pray. Maybe you're not someone who can sit down and stay still. Maybe you are someone who has to be on the move. Then maybe you could try praying while walking. I know many people who have had the most amazing and closest encounters with God while out walking, both in the countryside and in the city. Do you find that you need a structure to your prayers? I know that I find a guided prayer time much better, otherwise my mind just wanders. And there are many, many books out there that have structured prayer times in them. For example, I know that my mum uses a Celtic prayer guide during some of her prayer sessions. And there are also a multitude of apps that have been developed that you can download onto your phone that can help you to structure your prayer times. And I know there are many people here at Christchurch who would be more than happy to share with you the ones that they've got on their phone and find useful. Remember, it's not just the adults who pray. We need to support and encourage the children in our church to pray too. But not only that, we need to support the parents to support the children. Prayer for children, and some adults, can seem very abstract. And so with children and young people, it's important to let prayer become as natural a conversation as they might have with a friend or a parent. I'm currently doing an online course called Parenting for Faith. And the section on prayer talks about calling it chat and catch. And I think this has a much more familiar place in children's understanding. They chat all day with people. So why would we not encourage them to chat with God too? We need to encourage our children to chat with God whenever and wherever they want to. We don't need to have a set time during the day or a set of formulaic prayers. Although, of course, this might develop if they decide that that's actually the way they like to pray. God hears us. He hears our children when we just chat. The catch bit is all about giving time to see if God has something he wants to say back and then catching it. We all, adults, children and young people, need to learn to catch what God is saying and connecting with God is not just a one-way call. It's important to recognise when God is trying to tell us something. I believe that if we all begin to give God some space to hear his voice, we will be a church full of God-connected people 
who hear God's heart and desires for the way ahead. Hello everyone. So, so far we've seen that as Jesus withdrew to pray, he paused and he connected with his Father. We're going to look next at being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 3 verses 21 to 22 says, While people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This was at the start of Jesus' earthly ministry. In this moment, as Jesus prayed, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit were evident together. In Mark 5 verse 30, Jesus felt a release of healing power as the woman bleeding touched his cloak. Jesus was fully human. Ministry would have made him tired as he gave of himself. When Jesus, the man, left this world, he gave the believers the promise that he would send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to be with them. And at Pentecost we see this promise fulfilled. The believers were filled with the Holy Spirit, giving them boldness to act, speak and live in Jesus' name. For us now, we need to be constantly refilled by the Holy Spirit to make sure we are living in his strength and power, not in our own. In our own strength, we limit God and we wear ourselves out. Most of us now have mobile phones and we're used to them needing to be recharged regularly. If they aren't, they run out of power and they don't work anymore. Similarly, we all know that cars fueled by petrol need petrol in them to work. My previous car had a bit of a dodgy petrol gauge in that once the needle on it got to red, it wasn't very accurate. So it could be that I had 50 miles to go, or it could be I only had two miles left. I could never be too sure. So common sense would say, therefore, I should fill up with petrol before the needle got onto the red zone, or at least straight away once it was there. But I didn't. I kept thinking, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just do this journey and then I'll fill up. Until the next time, when I was pushed for time, and so I'd think, yes, yes, I'll fill up soon after this journey. So, of course, you can predict what happened. I thought I'd just take one of our young people to their activity a couple of miles away and then I'd fill up. I managed about half a mile and then the petrol ran out and the car stopped. It wouldn't be bargained with. So no matter how much I pleaded for it just to do this last little bit, we were going nowhere. Lesson learned. Keep the tank with enough fuel in it. I could also tell you about the time I filled a minibus with diesel instead of petrol, which was quite dramatic, but I'll save that for another day. So yes, a mobile phone needs to be charged. A car needs the right fuel. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be empowered. When we ask the Holy Spirit to empower us, 
He does just that. He renews our soul. He renews our calling. He gives us guidance and wisdom in the big decisions and the daily choices we have to make. He equips us for the tasks he asks us to do. He gives us the strength to keep going. And he uses us for his glory, sometimes in ways we wouldn't imagine would be possible. So, let's ask God to fill us afresh with his Holy Spirit to empower us. Have you ever heard the saying, he's too heavenly minded to be of any earthly use? Sometimes this is attributed to Oliver Wendell Holmes or other times Johnny Cash. It can be applied to people who spend too much time being holy that never actually get to do anything of use for God. Now, prayer is essential for our Christian life, but it has to be for a purpose. The purpose to get to know God better and thus to live out as Jesus did. Jesus did not come to earth to just meditate on God and be alone with him. As we heard from our passage today, after he paused to pray, he got up and travelled throughout Galilee, preaching and driving out demons. He used his retreats with God to empower him to serve, to love the lost, to heal the sick and to teach, to be more in tune with God's will so he could be a better servant for God. We look at this cycle again. So far we have heard about the need to pause, to connect, to get empowered. And now we look to live it out, as Jesus did. This is our calling, to draw closer to God so we can live a life out for him. To use the strength God gives us from our time with him to do the things that he has called us to do. That is to build his kingdom in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, in our families. And in fact, to return to that saying from the beginning, if we are actually heavenly minded, actually focused on God, pausing with him, connecting with him, being empowered by him, focused on the eternal hope of God's kingdom, then we're actually most likely to be living out for him because that is what God will tune us into. And of course, it doesn't stop there. The cycle continues. We return to the next step, to pause, to pray, to connect and become empowered to live out again and again and again. So let us now turn in prayer for those who are going out to live out their calling. Lord, we pray for the pastoral care team at Christchurch. Thank you for the love of Jesus they show through their service. Empower them with the energy to serve the community, to show your love to those who need it at this time. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. Pray for the church leaders in Christchurch and across the diocese. Thank you for their willingness to step up and lead for your kingdom. We pray that they would know a close connection with you as they lead us. Draw near to them so they may point us towards you. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the mission workers connected to Christchurch. Thank you for their dedication to serving you. We pray they would live for you guiding people towards you and have the energy to keep going when life is tough. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. Finally, we pray for each of us in the Christchurch community. We pray that we will all be lights for God's kingdom in our communities. May we live out your calling in our lives, not forgetting to pause to connect and be empowered through our relationship with you this week and each week. O oh Lord, 
hear our prayer. A final prayer. Lord, we thank you that we have prayer as a way to draw close to you. We thank you that you hear us whenever and wherever we are. As we go into this week, I pray that each one of us will be able to pause, connect, be empowered and be able to live out our lives and bring glory and honour to you. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.